All right. Happy late Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you guys had a good time. Did you guys go and hang out with family, hopefully? Uh, I know Thanksgiving can be a really hard time for some because family can be messy. Family can be hard. But also it can be really awesome, too, because when I look at it, I just was overwhelmed with how thankful I am of the Lord and what he's done in my life. And I hope that we all took that time on that Thursday to say, you know, no matter how my family or other situations look like, that I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done for me. Guess what it's about, right? And I know I know, just went on a mission trip, so it makes everything. Oh, I'm so thankful for everything because mission trip is awesome. But no, I'm just so thankful. God has done so many miracles in my life. Thankful for my family and my friends, the roof over my head, food to eat, breath to breathe even. God, God-given purpose, an amazing church. I'm so thankful for this church. Yeah, I've learned so much from you, from a lot of you in this church. I've learned. I've, I've, you get so much wisdom, God-given wisdom. And you've uplifted and supported me. That I'm thankful for my family, what God has done, and I'm thankful for the church. And I hope that this past week you can look, or if you haven't, maybe look right now and say, man, I'm so thankful for where God has me right now. Uh, because there's a lot of things to be thankful for. Amen? All right. But it's Christmas time now. Some of you are way more excited than others. How many of you have already decorated your house? I have. There we go. How many of you um, still need to? Here's the real question, right? How many of you are not going to decorate at all? Oh. How? Or, or the worst? Okay, there's one more that's worse than that. How many of you decorated before Thanksgiving? Oh, that's even worse. You got to wait. You got to wait till the day after. We do it always the day after Thanksgiving. My mom taught me that, and so I'm like, that's what we're doing. This is how it works. Uh, but I am blessed and I am honored. We are starting our Christmas series songs of the savior uh and today as you can see from the skit we're focusing on shepherds and we're going to talk about even the song come all you faithful a little bit um but let me pray all right let me pray for us jesus i just pray right now by your spirit that lord you would just remind us again who you are that lord whatever's blocking us from from hearing from you this morning whatever's in the way of you moving powerfully lord we i just pray against it Lord, i just pray that we would have open ears to hear Lord, I pray for me that you would give me the grace to get out of the way and you'd help me just speak your words and not mine. Lord, I don't want to speak empty words. I want to speak your words. By your spirit, would you speak to us this morning? We want it to be changed. We want to be set free. We want to be uh, just set aside, Lord. Just time for you. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's start by reading the account of the shepherds in Luke, all right? So you can open your Bibles if you have it or you can read along on the screen. Luke 2 8 through 18. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who is lying in the manger. 
When they have seen him, they spread the word concerning what, have, what they've been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said. So I don't know about you, I, I've heard this story a lot. I, I grew up in a Christian home, so it was read to me every Christmas and uh, ingrained in my head what it is, right? Or Spirit 105.3 would have Charlie Brown read it to you over and over again. Or maybe it wasn't Charlie Brown, but one of those characters, right? But I remember this story most of the time, I, just as a kid, you would hear, hear it, and it would be one of those stories you're like, oh, this is really good so you get to get to know what happened. This is a story you read and know that this is how Jesus was born. When, when I read it this, when I'm studying it, there's so much we can learn about this. So instead of a story, Christmas story like, oh, here's the historical thing of what happened, it's like, well, no, this is, what can we learn from this account? What can we learn about the shepherds? And, you know, and I think the shepherds do a really good job modeling three things. I'm going to talk about them. They did a good job listening, obeying, and sharing. And we'll get to all those. But I, so that was my whole message plan, by the way. It was the, those three points. And then the Lord really late in the game, because this is what the Lord does. He's hey, I want you to change it a little bit. I want you to focus on this question. Why the shepherds? Why did he choose the shepherds? And that's why he really was speaking to me. And I think this morning, if we really look into that, he's going to really speak to us through why did he intentionally choose the shepherds? And so, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll jump into that. We'll do, we'll do the first part. But I, I kind of want to jump into get a little deeper. Is that okay? Can we get a little deeper this morning? And what's kind of spoken in those words that he came to shepherds versus what was actually said. All right. But we're going to start with this. Let's do a quick breakdown of what the shepherds did really well. Right? The first thing. I said they, they listened to when God spoke, right? So what can we do? We can listen when God speaks. Now, obviously, right now, he speaks a little different than right then. I mean, unless some of you have seen an angel that has appeared to you. I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess. It's pretty scary, but I have not. But I, I don't think that's really how... I mean, anyone in here? You can raise your hand. That's fine. Uh, we won't judge you. It's fine. Um, but I'm sure that's a little scary. But now we still know that God still speaks. But actually, more than ever, we have access to God, more than even those shepherds did. Did you know that? Because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit then made us, what, a temple of his Holy Spirit. And that means, what, we can be now be led by the Spirit. That means he can speak to us, he can give us words, he can give us pictures, he can reveal himself when we read the Bible through his Spirit. He can talk through other people to us by his Spirit. That actually, more than the shepherds seeing the person, we are actually closer to God than the shepherds could ever be. That is what Jesus did. And so God still speaks, but you need to be open to listen and hear what he's saying. The first thing to remember, I think is good, that we can get from the shepherds, is he can and will speak whenever and wherever. See, where were the shepherds? Where were they? They were in the field. They were doing their job. They were doing work. They weren't in a synagogue, right? They weren't, they weren't at church. They were, they were in a field working, doing their day-to-day tasks. Now, how many of you can say, when I'm busy in my work, I'm always thinking, God, would you speak to me? I'm open to hear you speak. No, you're thinking, oh, I've got to do this, 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 this. We're so busy. But these shepherds, obviously the angel appeared to them, but still you can learn that anywhere in your day-to-day tasks, you can hear the Lord. Sometimes we like to listen when it's convenient. I just think we're a culture that will listen. What does God want to say to me when I'm at church? What does God want to say to me when I read my Bible in the morning? And yes, you should listen to what God wants to say to you. But do you know, if you really believe that God is with you all the time, that he can speak to you all the time in your day-to-day tasks? You know, I really learned this when I was working at a group home with teams that were the next step for them was prison. And you know what I do? I would talk to them, and they would just start screaming at me, cussing at me, all these things. And I'm like, what do I say? And I was like, Jesus, I need to know today. Like, under my breath, you 
realize that God is with you all the time. And it's easier than done to have that thought process. But God is not just, don't just, oh, I want to, yeah, I'll listen to Jesus on church on Sunday and when I read my Bible in the morning. Say, Jesus, I give you permission to show up when I'm not even expecting it and speak. Amen? All right. Moving on, the next thing, they obeyed when God spoke. And I think we, when we obey when God speaks, I think it's really important. I think if that's more than listening, the next step might be even more important. That when God speaks something, you do it. And that, why is that so hard? And you can all be, can all, I'm a human, I have, God has spoken things to me, and I have not done it. What is the thing that's getting in the way? And I think you can look at the shepherds and say, well, for them, and maybe for us, it was fear that could have gotten in the way. It was fear. Why? What did the angel say? The angel said, do not be afraid. Why did he say, don't be afraid? Because they probably were afraid. <laughs> and when God speaks something to us, you hear, or, and it's not like, I know I say speak, but even when you feel something God's telling me to do, I feel like this thing, it's scary sometimes. It's scary. And you need to obey the Lord's voice. They, they, they didn't let the fear get in the way of doing what they were asked to do. They said, well, Let's go find Jesus. You know, the shepherds could have sat there and like, well, I don't know. That could be crazy. I'm a little scared, like with a skit. But no, they instead, they went and obeyed. And, I mean, I think we've all had these moments. I mean, when you're in a grocery store, if you're a Christian here and you and you try to be led by the Spirit and you're in a grocery store and you're like, oh, I just feel like I need to pray for that person who is this. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> and you get afraid. And sometimes you don't do it. Or at a coffee shop or a co-worker at work having a really bad day, having a hard time. You're like, oh, I just feel like I need to pray for them. And it's a little scary. Someone who's really good at this is Sonia Hardin. She was doing that all the trip. It was amazing. Praise the Lord. She was like, I'm obeying what God says. And that's so awesome. You know, the weirdest part for me is when you're on an airplane. And if you're a Christian on an airplane, that's the hardest place to be for me. I don't know. There's something in me that's like, if I'm sitting next to a stranger for four hours, part of, I'm like, I'm not an extroverted person. I don't want to talk. Like, I, I just want to focus and I, don't, I want to watch my movie. But then there's something inside you're like, but a good Christian would ask and talk to them and, you know, and really get to know them. And, you know, if the opportunity presents itself and you're like, no, no, Jesus, please. I would like pray. Don't have that happen. But, you know, it's really important that would you obey if God did speak on an airplane? You know, on the way back on the airplane from Belize, actually, we're all spent and tired from time for ministry. And there was a girl sitting around our group. I was kind of two rows ahead, but I just, they told me that there was a girl who said she believed in Jesus, but her husband just committed suicide that day, and she's on the plane right next to us. And I know all of the people in that group, they heard it, and they were like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And then it kind of got, because what do you say, right? And then one of our people, I won't say their name because I didn't get permission, but one of our people was just sitting there, and I could tell, I think they were just listening and said, I should really pray for this person. You know, and I think like 30 minutes went by, and this person prayed for them. And talk about a hard situation. Like, what do I even pray? Talk about the fear. Like, what if I say something wrong? How do I even pray for this? And yet he did it out of obedience. And that is beautiful. And that is saying, I hearing, I'm, I'm hearing, going to hear the Lord. And when he speaks, when he tells me to do something, I'm going to obey. And what's the thing in the way is fear. So where is fear getting away of what God's telling you to do? And the last thing is they shared what God has done. Lastly, we see, we see them sharing the good news about Jesus' birth, right? They go and see Jesus, and then what do they do? They go share about it. They go share, Jesus is born. He's the Messiah. He, he's the coming king, like, amazing. And, and that's what we're called to do, right? We're called to tell us about Jesus. We're called to say the Messiah did come, but he also died. He rose again, and Jesus is coming back. Praise the Lord. That's what we're called to share with the world. And telling everyone, come all you faithful. Come and adore him. 
Come, come to Jesus. That is what we're called to do. We're called to share and sing that song out for everyone to hear. Just like the skit, just like they did. But I would also say this. I think it's really important for us to share stories and testimonies of what God has spoken and done when we obeyed. And why do I think that's important? Because I think it strengthens our faith and points others to Jesus. For example, I've told this story before, and I've told this story a lot because it's something I, and I'll share why, and some of you maybe have heard this before. But I was the first time at camp, and I was like, I have never really heard the Lord in that way before. It was like weird. and it was, I was like, I don't know. God says he can speak to you in pictures and different things. I don't know. And I remember I had a group of boys I didn't really know, and I said, God, I want to speak to each one of them. And the Lord gave me a picture of a window. Talk about weird. Like it just a, literally a bedroom. Like I could fit picture it, the window, the panes, and it was a detail window. And I was like, you want me to go tell this kid I got a picture of a window? What the heck does that mean? Talk about fear. Like I'm going to look like an idiot. But I listened and I obeyed. So what happened? I obeyed and I go talk to the kid and say, hey, I got this picture of a window. He's like, oh, that's my bedroom window. Immediately, the, word, the Lord just gave me a word of knowledge and said, the Lord sees you when you sit on the edge of your bed at night, looking out that window, thinking about taking your own life. And the kid just starts bawling. And that's not me. <laughs> and I don't share that. And so that's amazing. Praise the Lord. But guess what? Why do I need to share those type of things? Not to boast. Not to say, oh, look at me, or to make you have an emotion like, oh, that was really moving. I share it to say, one, God can do that through you. But two, do you know what that teaches you about God? That God sees you even in your darkest moments. They're just like God saw him. And he can speak that through you directly or through someone else. And that's why you share. That's why sharing's good, right? That's why sharing those stories and when you obeyed and, when, and share what God has done because it encourages the body but then shows us who God is. All right. And so, again, what, what, like the shepherds, we need to listen when God speaks, obey what he says, and share, the world, share to the world. Amen? All right. Let's dive a little deeper now. All right. I'm ready to get into that was, again, that was going to be my whole message. And I had to really try to condense it. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to add more and do a bunch more. But it was really good. So the question, why shepherds? Why? You know, and I don't think he chose them because they were the closest people available and randomly selected them. He's like, oh, these guys are close and they love me, so let's choose them. It was intentional and it was purposeful why he chose shepherds. And they were the first ones that were told about the Savior's birth. First ones, right? Uh, I want to thank Mark and Kate. He sent me some Old Testament stuff that really kind of shows how even in the Old Testament, it kind of talks about how this is this didn't happen. Like this, this spot where he showed to the shepherds is really a thing. So if you were Genesis 35, 19 through 21, it says this. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath. I don't know if I said that right. This is Bethlehem. Jacob set a pillar over her grave. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the tower of Eder. So remember that. You're like, how does that make any sense? Well, stay with me, right? So Tower of Eder. Okay, Micah 4.8. By the way, but that Tower of Eder, somewhere near Bethlehem, right? So he's walking near Bethlehem. Micah 4.8 says, as for you, Tower of the Flock, Hill of the Daughter of Zion, to you it will come. Even the former, former dominion will come, the kingdom of the Daughter of Jerusalem. So here, we're not going to get deep into this, but it's saying, it's actually talking about the Messiah, that he is the tower of the flock, right? He is the tower of the flock. But it's also talking about a location. Uh, did you catch out? Uh, Eder, what do, you, what do you think Eder means in Hebrew? Eder means flock, flock. So when you talk about what Jacob went, the tower of Eder, the tower of the flock, it is somewhere near Bethlehem, 
And what is it? It's a shepherd's tower of some sort. So where the, the shepherds would stay in this tower and watch over their flock somewhere near Bethlehem. So if you want to move to Micah 5, how do we know that Jesus is coming to Bethlehem? Micah 5, 2, well, this is how you know. But as for you, Bethlehem, I'm not going to try to say that word because I will mess it up. Too little to be among the clan of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be the ruler in Israel. He's going forth. He's going, he's, his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So right there it's saying Jesus is coming. Where is he being born? He's being born in Bethlehem. And isn't that funny how that tower, that shepherd's tower, is right? That's just the next chapter, but for Micah 5, that tower, that um, shepherd's tower is right near, right near where, where Jesus was born, Bethlehem. And so what you can put together is that I don't think it's a coincidence that the angels first appeared there. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think actually God set that up and he said, this is where it's going to be. I told you where it's going to be. And I think it's pretty cool. I think that's super cool to get to dive deep in the Bible and say, oh, wow, like God foretold that was going to happen in that location and that thing. I think that's awesome. But, you know, I don't think that's the only reason why God chose shepherds. I don't. I think he intentionally chose this group of people. And I think if we discover why, we can learn more about God and who we were created to be. So what does God choosing shepherds show us? Number one, it shows who Jesus came for. Jesus came for the lowly, okay? Jesus didn't choose a prince. He didn't choose royalty or the people with the most influence to tell who's coming. He chose shepherds. Now, I don't know about you, but nowadays I would probably try to choose the person with the most influence, which means I'd probably find a TikTok star to do a fun dance about it and get millions of views on TikTok. Because guess what? I don't know if you know, but that's how things get around nowadays is by people doing dances about it, okay? <laughs> if you go on the Internet, you'll discover. But God didn't do that. He said, okay, I'm going to choose shepherds. I'm going to choose these people. And so... He was kind of like an outcast. And I'm not saying, I don't think the shepherds were not oppressed during those days. But I want to just turn to this really quick. In Genesis 46, 34, it says, For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Now, this is a long time ago in Genesis. But still, I think that kind of speaks to how maybe the rest of the world kind of use shepherds. <laughs> right? I kind of use them as lowly people. <laughs> Why would I do them? But I want you to get this point. To what is seen as less than in the world Jesus, God sees as worthy. What is seen as less than to the world, God sees as worthy. Isn't that true? Jesus came for the brokenhearted. I think it was said in our prayer. He came for the brokenhearted. He came, he came for those who were broken. He came for the less than. He came for the lost. He didn't come for the religious Pharisees, the know-it-alls, to have it all together. He came for the lost sheep. And, man, I am so glad because that means he came for me, and that means he came for you. And he came for the world. That's the need of the Savior. That that's why he chose shepherds, because it showed it, shows who he came for. He came for that. Um, number two, it shows who God is. It shows who God is. Why did he choose shepherds? Because I think it shows an aspect of who he is. I think it was a really intentional choice. You know, the Bible loves to talk about the word shepherd. <laughs> it says it actually over 60 times. And most of the time, the word shepherd actually is used to describe God or it's used that Jesus comparing himself to a shepherd. Because he does that. <laughs> and we'll look into that. And I think it's beautiful how God chooses shepherds to first see Jesus, but also to say, I'm like a shepherd. I'm, I'm like the best shepherd. So how is God like a shepherd? Well, he, the first thing is he directs and he cares for us. Now, I could go on a long list and name things, but I think 
One of my favorite verses, Psalm 23, if I just read it, you'll get the point. And I'm going to read it, and I really just hope you, you really focus on what it's saying. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's beautiful. The Lord is our shepherd. He leads, he cares, he guides us. I mean, I can't speak any better than that scripture did. And isn't that beautiful? It's just a great picture of who our God is. It just is. And I, I love how even these script, even that scripture is wit, written way before the events in Luke 2. And it just shows me again, that's why he chose the shepherds. Because what, who's Jesus? He's the ultimate shepherd in our lives. He's the ultimate shepherd. The ultimate. You know, and I think a lot of times where we go wrong is we try to find, put humans as our ultimate shepherd. We try to put people. And I'm going to be honest, I think we all do it. It's just the way we want to do it. We want to put one person in charge, one person above. Our leaders, now don't get me wrong, I appreciate those shepherds, those pastors, the parents, the leaders in my life shepherding me, but they can fail me. You know what? They probably will fail me. Why? Because they're human. They're human. I don't care who pastor you can think of, what celebrity pastor, the best pastor you can ever think of in your life, they can fail you because they're human. And you're like, well, they're supposed to be the shepherd. No, yeah, they're supposed to shepherd you, but God is the ultimate shepherd. So we need to not, <laughs> not do that. We need to say, we, God doesn't fail you. Don't put it on humans. We have another never-ending shepherd in Jesus. John 10, 11 through 16, I'm going to read this. This is what Jesus is saying, saying, this is what Jesus says. So you got about uh, David writing about God being our good shepherd, right, our shepherd. But now Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. So let's read about this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Didn't he do that? The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the, the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares for nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father and I will lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is a shepherd that won't run away. He won't. He won't run away. He's the one who will guide and lead us. He is the one that wants you to learn his voice, to hear, learn his whisper, because he wants you to recognize his voice. He wants you to trust him. He has good plans for you. He wants to lead you. He laid down his life for you. He is the good shepherd. And I'm going to go off a little side tangent here, because I, when I was preparing this, I really felt like there were people specifically in this room who have been hurt really bad by a so-called earthly shepherd. A pastor, a leader, someone who said, I'm, I'm a church, or even a parent, whatever you think in that role. But somehow you've attached that because they said they believe in God to God. You've said, well, that person failed me, so God failed me. And, that, and he is the one who failed. When, the, she, when the, the good shepherd, he never fails. 
He stays even when the rest fail. And you, we got to stop attaching our hurts to God when it's a human base, right? Because think about it, like, I get it, church hurt is real. Church hurt is real. But I think the Lord wants freedom for your church hurt. Because I think he wants to say, hey, I'm so sorry that person failed you. That person wasn't your savior. But guess what? I am, and I've never left you. That people are going to hurt you. People who say they're going to Christ- or Christians are going to do terrible, dumb things. But guess what? I won't. I won't. And so I want to kind of read a little bit on this. So I think Ezekiel 34 really paints this picture really well. Uh, verse 1 and 2, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? So right, hear God saying, Hey, the people who are supposed to be over you, Israel, the people who are supposed to be leading you are doing failing. They're doing terrible. Aren't they supposed to be leading you? And God sees it, right? And it's happening. And I think you, I want to go to the first, verse 10, move down to verse 10. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will look after them. And you move down to verse 15. In 16, it says, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I think you got to hold on to that. you got to hold on to that because I think you can see right here that there was a group of Israelites who were led astray by a shepherd. I think some of us in here, I really felt like some of you have been led astray and really hurt by a shepherd that you trusted. And you need to remember that was not the Lord. That was not the Lord. And the Lord says, I am still here. I will continue to lead you. I will continue to guide you. Do not, do not, I will never fail you. That is what he's saying. And this is his promise to you that even when earthly and mentors fail, he won't fail. He is over it all. He will rescue us again and again and again just like he did the Israelites. All right, moving back on topic of, of who he is. But I really like how God, you can see even to shepherds. So you can see God as being a perfect shepherd, I think, from creation to through Jesus. But then you also can see he's even a shepherd eternally. You know, that even in the very end, do you know he calls himself a shepherd? That even in the end, even when it's all said and done, he is still our perfect shepherd. I want you to look at this. Revelations 7 we're going to start at verse 9. I think there's a lot of people who know this, but after, I'll, I'll read this. So after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne, before the Lamb, they're wearing their white robes and palm branches in their hand. This is the end, right? From every tribe, nation, people are praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. We're all together. This is how it's meant to be. We're all praising Jesus. They're probably like, we'll praise his name forever, right? They'll probably say it again and again and again. I just imagine it, that we're all just sitting there, we're worshiping God, and we're together. doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, right? But then he goes on and talks about these same people. He goes on to verse 16, and he says, never again will they be hungry. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, 
and God will wipe away every tear in their eyes. So even at the end of days, he's still our shepherd. He's still our good shepherd. Amen. All right. And the last reason I think why God chose shepherds, and I think Pastor Dan said, Pastor Dan said this a lot, so I stole it from him, but it reminds us who we are and whose we are. Right? Who we are and whose we are. So if God is a shepherd, what does that make us? A shepherd. No, I'm just, yeah, no, sheep, you're right. But I really, I do want to talk about shepherd for a second, okay? Uh, he, I will get to sheep. He does call us sheep. But I actually do think that we are called in a certain way to be a shepherd, right? Why do I say that? I, it's a different way than when I talk about God as a shepherd, right? It's not the same. But we, you know, we talk, we know that pastors, church leaders are called to shepherd their flock, remember, shepherd their church, care for their church, right? We know that that's true. But also, aren't we called to lead our families? Aren't we called to shepherd them, train them up, direct them in the way they should go? So when they're old, they won't depart from it, right? Aren't we called to do that? And so I would say, well, all of us in some aspect are called to be shepherds of some sort. So, but for me, I, this is what I say. The best shepherds are sheep dressed in shepherd's clothes. <laughs> and what do I mean by that? Well, for me, I'm called to shepherd the youth group. So here, I'm called to shepherd the kids that God brings to me at youth. And I love it. And I, care, I have to pray for them, care for them. It's my responsibility to spiritually lead them and guide them. That is what I'm called to do. But also my children. I need to train my children. I need to show them who God is. I need to disciple them and, and teach them about God. But I can only do that effectively if I'm allowing myself to be a good sheep and get all I need from the source, which is Jesus. So actually, best shepherds are just really good sheep. <laughs> That's what I would say. And... To be a good shepherd is to let put God to be the lead of your life. If you want to be a good shepherd, if you want to be a shepherd that shepherds those who you're over around you, guess what? You need to let God lead your life. But it's important to this. When you're, when you're leading someone, who you point him to, right? When I'm shepherding my children, when I'm shepherding the youth group, who am I pointing? Not to myself. I'm pointing them to Jesus, the ultimate shepherd. So we're all called to be a shepherd. So just take that for what it is. But we're moving on. We're called sheep a lot in the Bible. So, yes, sheep is correct. You answered right. Um, and I think it's, that's why it's important. That's, it's really important that we really look into why. Why would it be called sheep? And I, I have some, some fun facts about sheep that I kind of want to read. Um, and I think maybe some of you will laugh. Just don't think about yourself or otherwise you might get offended. But um, number one, sheep have no sense of direction. Uh, you know, some people might call them stupid, but I just say they have no direction at all, okay? There's this story I read about a farmer who put a string up, and these sheep are running, and they're jumping over the, the, it, right? And they're all in a line, and then they ended up cutting the string. But guess what the other sheep did? They still jumped over the same spot. Why? Because they just saw everyone else doing it. Now, I don't know, you know, would you jump off a bridge if your brother did? I think some of us, the answer for if we were a sheep, yes, some of us would do that. Why? Because we have no direction. We need to follow something, so we'll follow the thing that we want or it makes the most sense. So no direction, right? I, I can kind of relate to that. Number two, sheep are defenseless. You can't, what do you even do about this? <laughs> I can't help this situation. I'm defense, what do I do? Um, sheep can't get up without help. Do you know that? That sheep, when they are on their backs, they need help to get up. When they're stuck on their backs like this, they can't, they'll just stay there. Actually, and sadly, they'll just die there if no one helps them. And so they need help getting up. Do you know sheeps are, this is a cool one, sheeps are emotional and recognize the shepherd's voice. That they're really emotional creatures. That when he says we recognize his voice, it's because sheeps are able to distinguish the shepherd's voice, but also a stranger's voice. 
when they run away. That they actually can build friendships really easily. They get anxious and distressed very easily. Uh, <laughs> uh, they feel sad when their friends are gone. That sheep are actually really emotional creatures, right? Animals, creatures. I don't know if that's whatever. Um, sheep is a really sheep will settle settle for less. They'll settle for less. You know, when sheep are thirsty, there could be a clean pool of water 20 feet away. And guess what they'll do? They'll go straight for the mud puddle. And then they'll say, yeah, this is good enough. This is good enough. It's sa- as long as it satisfies me in the moment. That's what sheep do. Has any of you maybe done that in your life? Like, eh. Yeah, sure, God has the best for me, but this will satisfies me right now. Right now. But you know, also, sheep are really valuable. Do you know that actually in Jesus' time, sheep was a measure of wealth? That people had tons of sheep. <laughs> that means they're pretty wealthy. Uh, they were used for that kind of stuff. They large flocks. They provi- provided meat, milk, and wool, right? They provided all these things. So it was actually a valuable thing. But I think God knew what he was saying when he called us sheep. I think he knew it. And I don't know whether to be offended or to be happy. <laughs> but I think he knew it. And all jokes aside, I think God saw the need for us to follow. And we will follow. I don't care who you are. You're following something. You will follow. But he created us so that we would choose with our own free will to follow the good shepherd with our lives. Without him, we're wandering. We're without direction. We're without purpose. We're defenseless. And we're without the help we need. Now, how many of you, when you're not walking with Jesus very well, or you before you met Jesus, would say, yeah, I, was, I didn't have a purpose. I was defenseless. I was wandering without a direction, just trying to survive or do what I thought temporarily satisfied me. I mean, I know I have. There's still times where I'm away from Jesus, and that's what I'm doing. But yet, I know that's why I have those moments, because he reminds me, I need to go back to my good shepherd. I need to go back to walking with him. Because when I walk away from him, I'm without direction. I am wandering. I am confused. I have no purpose. I get lost. I get depressed. I get anxious. All the things that happen. But when I am focused on the good shepherd, man, yeah, things could still be hard around me. But I know where I'm walking. And I know where I'm going. And I'm following my good shepherd. God wants us to be a sheep. You are really valuable to him. Do you know that? You're really valuable to him. And, you know, Jesus came to, came to make that possible, that he wants you to be a sheep. Well, guess what? Jesus made that possible more than ever. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. And what do you do? He laid down his life for his sheep. And then he raised to life, conquering death and sin and making a sheep without blemish. That you and I are now a sheep that is perfectly white without blemish. And we are now clean from our sins. And now we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. His presence. And now we can follow our shepherd closer than ever. Now, because of Jesus, you and I can follow Jesus more than ever. We can follow God and how we were meant to follow him. God has never stopped us from chasing. God has never stopped chasing after a sheep that time and time again has wandered from him. I, I, you don't need to raise your hand, but I'll say I've, there's been times in my life where you feel like, oh, I, you're like this. There's Jesus, and you're like this. You're, folk, you're all wandering all around, and you're like, okay, you've got to keep coming back again. And you know how many times I mess up, no matter how many times I get distracted by the world or something around me, that he still will take me back, and he's still chasing after me. Isn't that amazing? You know, you can see that in the Old Testament, right? Remember the Israelites? They were like, Whoa! 
Bible, they were all directions. <laughs> they did it again and again and again. And they saw stinking miracles right in front of their face where the Red Sea opens. You're like, God's real. And then you're like, well, I don't know. I like this God because he does this. You know, it's crazy to think that way. But we do the same thing. We do the same thing. And I really think, Mary, would you come up and, and start playing? I really think it's 2 Chronicles 18, 16. I think God kind of shows his heart for his people right here. And he kind of explains it this way. I like it. Um, then when Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattle, scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. I'm going to read that again. He had Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without shepherds. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Doesn't that sound like the world we live in today? A lot of people scattering. A lot of people going in every direction trying to find what's real, what's true, what's actual life. And yeah, outside the church this is happening and you see they have no master. They have no direction. They're just trying to make it. But I would say also inside the church, we have a lot of scattering, a lot of distractions, a lot of things that we take us really off our main focus, which is Jesus. And I'm not going to list them. I bet some of you in here already know the list, maybe in your head, what distracts you the most from walking straight towards Jesus. But you know, God isn't in this verse, he isn't talking about they have no master as they don't have a worldly leader, right? Because they had an earthly king at that point. But what they're saying is they were wandering without the leading that they were designed for. Because they were designed to be led by him. They were designed to hear God's voice and they were designed to talk to him. See, and you know, when, they, when Jesus saw, when God saw them scattered around in Israel, Israelites, and after all he's done for him, and he sees them wandering around and without any master, without any leader, you know, he doesn't say, how dare you? I give up on you. Do you not know how many times I have cared for you? I have saved you. I am done. Which, by the way, most shepherds would do that. Earthly shepherds would be like, I'm done. After so many times, I'm done. But you knew what? Guess what? He already knew. Even when they all were scattered, when he said that statement, God knew and he planned that the beautiful Christmas story would happen. That he knew. He knew that his son Jesus, he would send him, the Savior, the Good Shepherd, the ultimate shepherd of shepherds, to bring his people back. So when he sees all them scattered, he goes, well, guess what? I got a plan. I'm sending Jesus who can bring them back. But guess what? There's still people scattered today. And it might be people in this room where you're wandering in this world without a direction, without hope, without a sense. Some of you have been Christians for a long time. You're wandering and you're still, man, I've been focusing on the wrong thing. And you're just directionless. You're a sheep without a lead. And God's saying, you were designed. I created you so you would have a relationship with me. And I'm not going to force you. I want you to choose it. I want you to choose it. So even today, Jesus is chasing after his lost sheep. And that is his heart. That is his heart. Do you know that that is why he hasn't come back yet? Do you know that? Why hasn't Jesus returned yet? Because there are still people that he wants to bring into his flock. That is why. And that's why for us who believe in this room, if you're a believer in this room, that is why it's so important to listen, to obey, and to share so that the lost can return home. We have a part to play. That is why he called, those shepherds did what they were supposed to do. We're supposed to do the same thing. Why? To bring people to him so that the lost can return home. So that we can sing, come all ye faithful, run to Jesus, run to Jesus, praise and adore him. That we can sing that in the world we're come. That is why he hasn't come back yet. 
I'm going to end with Luke 15 because I think it shares the heart of God on this. It says, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country to go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. That is God's heart. And that's my heart this morning. It's my heart. For those of you who have never said, who never said, you've never come to him, and you never said, I believe in you, Jesus. Forgive me, God, for what I've, I've gone against you, for when I followed the wrong thing, I choose to live for you. Be my good shepherd. Lead me. Care for me. Correct me. This is the time to come to him. That's my heart. But guess what? That's more of the Father's heart for you. The good shepherd saying this morning is a great time to come back and start this amazing life with Jesus. But also I know in this room that, like I said, there's those who said yes to him. But then you stop seeking the shepherd's voice. You stop caring to listen. Or instead you just let other things speak louder. Money success, fear, hurt, sin. Or maybe you just never really fully surrendered to let him lead you and guide you. You're like, God, Jesus, you can be a part of my life, but I don't want you to be the center of my life. There's other things that are more important. I want to just put you over there. You could, I'll say I believe in you to get into heaven card, but I don't want to put you in the center. When Jesus is saying, no, I want to be the center of your life. But Jesus, even if that's you, Jesus is chasing after you today as well. And he's saying, come back to me. And guess what? Just like the prodigal son, open arms, saying, come to me. I'm rejoicing with you in heaven. Rejoicing. There's rejoicing in heaven for you to come back today. And then for the rest of us, are you listening to your shepherd? Are you actually open to listening to Jesus, to hear when he calls? Are you willing to obey him? Are you willing to share what God has done in your life? If not, what's keeping you? What's keeping you from it? Ask yourself that question. What's keeping me from doing that? And seek him even more this morning. I want to I pray for us. Um, would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Jesus, you are... You're a good shepherd. Lord, I thank you for always leading and guiding me. Lord, even when I've wandered, even when I've gone off path, that Jesus, you always took me back. Lord, I thank you for your soft voice, Lord. I thank you for your direction in my life, Lord. Jesus, you've cared for me more than any human could ever care for me. You have never failed me, even though other people have failed me. Jesus, right now, I just pray for our hearts to be open to you. Lord, I just pray for you to speak to our hearts, for your Holy Spirit to move in this room. And I, I just want to do this right now. I, I want to give an opportunity. And this isn't a game. This isn't something we do just for fun. This is something that's serious. This is saying, I just really want that. If there's people in this room who've said, I have never said yes to you, Jesus. I've never said yes to saying, God, I need you as my shepherd. I need you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in you. I want to live for you. 
I'm tired of doing it my own way. I'm a sheep without direction. And this morning, you want to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I want you. This is between you and him. But if that's you in this room, I ask you to be bold and put your hand up so I can pray. We can pray together. If that's you and you say, Jesus, I want you this morning. I choose you. I choose you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you just pray this with me all together, and for those who in your hearts were like, yeah, I want Jesus, would you just pray this with me? Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I choose you. I choose to follow you all of my life. I thank you for your death on the cross to take away my sins. I thank you for your victory over death and setting me free forevermore. I turn back to you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I, I, just, I, I want to do one more. And today, if you've been a Christian for a long time, but maybe today you're feeling like, man, I have not been listening to his voice. I've been feeling like I have other things get in the way. I feel like I've just not been close to him. And I've been chasing after the wrong thing. And today you're like, I want to realign my life with the shepherd. I want to be a sheep that follows my good shepherd. And this morning you're saying, I haven't been doing that well, but today I want to start. So if that's you, would you just put your hand up so we can pray for you? Praise the Lord. I see your hand. Praise God. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Praise the Lord. If you see someone with their hand up, would you just put your hand on them? Lord, we just pray for these people. Lord, I just pray right now this is a choice that the Lord has open arms and saying, come back to me. Lord, we praise you. There's rejoicing right now for those who are returning. There's rejoicing in heaven because, God, you're saying, my sheep has come home. My sheep was lost, but now they're found. My sheep has come back to me. And, Jesus, I pray for strength as we walk out of here, Lord, that you would show them how to walk this out, that you would show them whatever is in the way, whatever distraction they're following, whatever they've been listening to that's been taking them away from you, Jesus, I pray that they would take steps to follow you intentionally this week. Lord, would you whisper in your sheep's ears? Would you whisper in their ears? And, Lord, I just pray for today. I pray for all of us, Lord, as we walk out of here. Lord, we would be just good sheep. Lord, would you teach us to listen to your voice? Would you teach us to follow you personally? Would you teach us to, to overcome any temptation? Would you teach us to overcome anything that wants to take us away from you? And Jesus, we again say, Lord, we want you to be center of our lives. Again, you are the center of our lives. I just mean that, Jesus, even for my life, Lord. Nothing else. You are the center. Everything comes from you. You are my source. You are my everything. You are my shepherd. You are my strength. You will never fail me. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, praise God.